Peter, I still can't get enough of our theme song. It's so good. Do you think composer Jeff Cronenberg understood that he was creating an instant classic? I don't know if you can know that. No. I, I don't know. No. Well, you know what that song makes me want to do? I want to know. It makes me want to ask you a question. Go ahead. How was your run today? Thank you for asking, Brian. My run today was okay. It was a three-miler uh, and a smidge. And, um, you know, we've never really talked about this. Here we are, 83 episodes in. I don't think we've ever mentioned this topic, which is that feeling you get when you're on your second mile of running and you look down and you realize that at the last crosswalk where you had to stop your watch, you never started it again, and you're like another half mile in, oh. and it all reads as zeros, and you're like, wait, no, oh no, if you didn't why? Record it, you did, didn't happen. It didn't happen, and well, he, and he, it's and it broke my. It, I look down, I see zeros. I've gone a mile and a half, and it it was zeros. And this is because you've begun your training regime, your training calendar, and you you want to ensure that you record the miles because yeah. you want to be, at the end of the week, yeah, I got my miles in. Yeah, like for example, this week re- required two Fords. So instead of that, I did a five yesterday and I was just doing a quick three today back to back so I could get... But then when it comes in at two and a half miles... Well, that's But you thing. know it was a three. No, and it's not that. It was, But it was just looking down. Yeah. Um, today had like a heaviness to it. Maybe that was just me. Clyde Army. Yeah. Today that, was, a, that was appropriate. Today had a heaviness. And so I was already feeling like huffing and puffing. And I knew I wasn't crushing the time, but I, I wanted to look down and see what my pace was. And there it was zeros. And I had to literally stop running. It psychologically smacked me in the face so hard. I stopped running for a minute or two and just got my bearings. I was like, wait, why? Why? Why did that happen? Here's what I'm going to say. In the olden days, yeah, not so long ago, we didn't do that. When your running journal would be a little notebook. Yeah, and you're like I went to the farmhouse and back and I think that's 2 miles. Well, I mean, you don't even have to do that. You just you you know your route and yeah. then you ha- would have your time and if you if you didn't get your time correct, at least you knew the distance or this or that. You know, a lot of times if we're not going on a route we go on all the time, I almost took we the watch. We rely on the watch. I almost took the watch off and hucked it into Jamaica Pond. Because <laughs> I was like, screw do. this. Well, I don't need this. I, I have been in your place many, many times. Uh, and this is when people say, you know, well, maybe you should run without the watch. I, and that might be right. You and might, maybe be. these short runs, like anything five and under, you like just why don't wear your watch. Yeah, just know your, what your distance is and go do it. Yeah, if you have a, a course where you know it's five or three or whatever you're doing that or four or whatever you're doing that day, then just do that. And I'll also say this, unless really, unless you're doing uh, some sort of speed work or, or tempo work or whatever it is where you need to know your pace, you know, a lot of those quote-unquote junk miles or filler miles or, all, you know, they're all important, but you need to be doing them slow. Well, that's the funny part was, you know, this was supposed to be uh, first mile slow and then a couple tempo miles. Like I wanted to actually record that and know what I was doing. Yeah. Because that's just the day. Okay, so that was part so of the So it was part run. of the deal. So the fact that I was, right. uh, 
in in the middle of my second mile after the first warm up mile where I was like, oh yeah, I really want to see am I going to do a nine twenty pace or whatever, and I'm looking down and I'm doing a zero point zero zero pace oh. and I was like, oh that's this is awesome, this is yeah. this is so fun. Just take everything I just said and chuck it because no, I get that's it. The worst, and I've it been very lucky worst. in the years that I've been doing very few times. I've had battery issues with the watch, sure, you know, or um. You've seen me on those ones where like I can't get a satellite signal, and you're waiting around for me to start. And it's 37 degrees, yeah. and I'm wearing a t-shirt. Yeah, but I've never had the oh, I forgot to press the button. Mm-hmm. Um, now well, there I, is, that... a, but there is a thing in the in the Garmin that I have, and I have to upgrade. I have to get a better watch because this was a very entry level. I love this watch, but it's entry level. Yeah, and there is a thing where if my wrist hits the big button a certain way, maybe I do clear it. It hasn't really happened, but I know it can happen. And it's it's one of those things where I do, I but I believe it was at a crosswalk. I believe I just didn't start it back up. Well, I will tell you this: I have stopped stopping my watch on runs. You, I noticed that. Yeah, I used to do it. You know, anytime you stop this or that, and it's like you know, I don't care. I don't, I don't care what this intersection. Yeah, I don't care if I have to wait at this intersection for thirty seconds. Maybe if it's that long, I would stop it. But other than that, I, I you doesn't know. yours stop uh, no. if there's inactivity and it pauses it? No. Oh, it doesn't? No, it'll just go. Okay. Um, there's apps that'll do that. There's plenty of apps. I think even Map My Run or, or other um, phone apps, lots of them do that, but uh, not not the Garmin watch. How was your run today, Brian? Oh, well, I, I didn't run. Here's what I did last week. I went for a five-mile walk. I was in the beautiful state of Virginia. Oh, yeah. I went for a trail walk on the muddy bank of the Potomac River. It was pretty, it was, uh, we were at this uh, sort of corporate retreat deal where I was um, at a place that had two golf courses that went along the river and there was maybe 100, 150 yards between the edge of the golf course and the river and that was just woods and they had put, there's a trail there. So that was pretty cool. So it felt very nature-y. It was real trail Um, and you got glimpses of the river which was very muddy and wide and, and cool. And um, so I went for a five-mile walk because I was going a little nuts because I had run one mile on Friday, and I was felt good, you know, little little pain, but I was like, I think I'm going to come back. So I went for a five-mile walk just to prove I could. So the next day, I followed your advice because I had determined I was going to go for a run, and you said I could go three miles. Now, I'm not I sure that? that was the best advice. When did I say that? <laughs> when we were talking... Uh, a couple episodes back with Funny Fast Alan London, maybe that was 79, and you said, well, you can always go for a three. Like, never, you don't have to ease in with a one or two. That's dumb. Just go for a three. I said that? Yeah. That doesn't sound like anything. It sounded really, like, great to me. If I don't run, according to Alan, for the next four weeks... That's not what she said at all, but all right. Actually, that is what I said. Oh, that's exactly what she said, so okay. So I can then... Get in a couple of like one to three milers and then do a half marathon. First that off, weekend. first off, never do less than three miles. Why would you? <laughs> no, you don't need to. You, you're fine. You're okay. You can do when you go for your runs, you can go for a three. Um, so that's what I did. Now, I, I jogged a mile and a half. Yeah, now, I'd already been on the course, so I knew what it was like. This was I the same the day as the five? No, you walk the five one day. What five? Yes, I walked the five the day before. On the the day before, okay. So, right. You, all right. 
and I purposely walked in shoes in vans like that you wouldn't um, run in because it did not even though I was like oh I could run I could run it okay so the next day which is just a two days shy of a month from no running right I got up early in the morning put my mm-hmm. clothes on mm-hmm. went out I was a little nervous yeah geez, I hope jog, I jog, jog 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 and here's my first thought about two minutes in three minutes in was this feels great do I have to keep doing this <laughs> Can I stop now? It was all the like early first time running things like, why why do you do this for longer? What I mean, I don't feel bad, but geez, I'm just this is this is a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And then I got to a mile and a half, and I walked around for a little while, and then I jogged it back, and and I ran maybe a half mile and walked, and then the last mile I kind of jogged it, and it felt good. I don't know where my times were; they were probably very very slow, but. It felt good. I was probably recording them on my watch. Good, <laughs> good enough so that then on Wednesday, so two days later, I did hills and I did surprise myself. I was going to do two hills because I had done one the week before, which was one. And I said, I'm going to do two hills and that's it. And I'm going to jog them. And if anything hurts, I'm not going to do it. I did three full hills, which is four miles. Oh. And, you know, obviously not fast. And I walked a little here and there, but mostly I was moving the whole time, not pushing it. And it felt good. I had a little hitch on my step as soon as I was done. And then within 10, 15 minutes, I felt, I mean, I felt like great, like no pain. And this is the funny thing, because the next day uh, I woke up. Zero pain in my hip, which is like the first in two months or more. Amazing. And, and that was the day that I went in to go get <laughs> a steroid injection. Oh, of course. In yeah. my hip. Oh, yeah. The day you so, have no pain. Yeah. That's when you have to go deal with it. Yeah. So, whatever. Did you think about not going? I did. I thought about. Oh, I would just. I'll I, postpone this. I don't. Now I feel great. So I can just keep on, on course. And well, and that's exactly what I would have done a year ago. Or even six months ago, but I've now talked to enough medical professionals and enough seasoned athletes and runners that they're all they, they all gave me the exact same advice um, to Deal go ahead it. to go ahead with the surgery yeah. and and if that's actually going to fix it, this is the thing that's holding you back and it's going to recur. It's not going to get better. So, despite the fact that 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 happened, and despite the fact that I trained for an, a marathon, the Millinocket Marathon. Without it coming back until the very end. Right. But boy, would it be nice to actually run a long race without the hip problem ever coming back. Yes. Got to think so, long term here. We'll see what happens. So I'm a couple, I'm a couple days off of that, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So far, so good. I don't have any complaints. Um, I will be excited to begin to fold uh, real running back into my schedule. I, I, As you probably remember from coming off of your injury... Um, I'm really excited about being able to get back to it. Uh, I am scheduled to do, I don't know, six, eight, 12 weeks of uh, physical therapy. Um, I'm sharing your physical therapist. I've Ooh. called Jillian. Hello, Jillian. Uh, and made an appointment with her. So we'll start that um, adventure. But there we are. So that that's where I am. I think I'm going to be okay that's until exciting. I go get hip surgery and then I'm totally out of commission for. But the, again, that's we're talking October, weeks. right? Yeah. Okay. Right now, October. 
So is your plan to do any running in between now and October? Oh, yeah. Yes. I, provided that I come back to where I was within a week of this cortisone injection, mm-hmm. I would then expect to continue the training or the running as I had been doing it. So I would expect to run the 10K at the end of the month. I would expect to run the half marathon and train. Uh, no. So the half marathon in October would be my last race because the, that following week is when my surgery would be gotcha. due. Now, and that's provided it doesn't get worse. Right. You know, if it all comes back, then I have to dial it back down again. I hear you. So I'm not going to go crazy. But, you know, maybe I'll throw some 5Ks in there. But I'm not as excited as I was about racing even four or five weeks ago. You know, this is really kind of taking me down a notch in terms of that. And it's like, well, I would just be happy to stay healthy right. and be able to run and increase my running um, between now and then. You know, and go into the surgery as healthy as possible. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm thinking now. I, I, I really don't need any races to motivate me at this point. No, I mean, I think you're you're doing a much larger race, which is yeah. this race to heal and to go through a procedure and then get better on that. And well, and, and the thing that's still on the table is if I feel great by the end of the summer and I haven't, you know, and I've amped up the mileage and mm-hmm. the activity and nothing's come back, I can always postpone the surgery you could do surgery it. until could, after Milanovic. I was gonna say you could do January. I would no, I might even do mid December. December eleventh. <laughs> yeah, right. Two right. days later. <laughs> Two days later goes. You could get, maybe get the surgery done up there. Unlikely. Right after you finish the race. Yeah, I don't think that's lay down happen. and someone could start working on you. But um but we'll see. You know, that might be we'll we'll have to cross that bridge when it comes to it. You know, I would love to be able to participate in Milanaka, but I also know if things get worse, then I have a date in October that we can do that. But that it's unlikely that I won't go through with it. Um, which I, at this point, I'm I'm excited about. I'm not excited about the recovery, having been through that already with a major surgery in my knee. Right. And am I okay? This is something we've never talked about. Okay. I have two things to reveal to you. Um, I really, really. Two That's things. That's all we ever do now. It's just. Brian's secrets. Well, go ahead. The first 80 episodes were your secrets. Now you can hear mine. I don't have any secrets. That's my problem. Okay. I could use some secrets. That'd be good. Here's the first one. Okay. On a recent podcast, yeah. I said that John Carpenter had passed from the world of the living and that he had stood up some very excited students at Syracuse University in 1989. From the corrections desk. It was not John Carpenter. No, it was not John Carpenter. Who was it? It was the other horror movie director, the late Wes Craven. Of Scream fame? Of Nightmare on Elm Street fame? Well, at that point, Nightmare on Elm Street fame won. That was all the movies. Whatever else he did, I don't know what else he had done. Horror master Wes Craven is what we call him. Yeah, Scream came out well after I graduated from college. Okay, fine. Yeah, it was Wes Craven, who is dead. Yeah, he's definitely dead. And did stand us up in 1989. So I didn't question your story, man. I knew, I, well, I, I knew you when had you told me wrong. that John Carpenter was still alive, I knew something was terribly wrong. It was Wes Craven. All right, you're who forgiven. Cares? Yeah, I don't even know why you're bringing this up. What's your other one? You better have something good. 
Peter, I'm 46 years old. Oh my gosh, what? And this is the real thing that has been bothering me in the back of my mind, which is if I have a major injury, I may not be able to come back and run at all. Or, you know, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? You don't think that's a serious concern? I don't think concern? that's... I mean, I'm laughing because, A, we're the same age. B, yeah. you are in far better physical shape than I am. C, you're going to have this surgery. Okay. You're going to be fine. D, I shouldn't laugh because you're going through a philosophical thing. And I should, I should, I should, I should follow you through this. And E, I'm laughing because on the drive here, I thought I was having a heart attack <laughs> because my left arm went a little tingly. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, am I having a heart attack? Because I'm going like 65 miles per hour on Route 95. You don't right take now. anybody else out. And I was like, do I have to? And I actually was going through the thing. Now, I'll tell you why I think my arm was tingly in a minute. But um, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a heart attack. Do I fit the profile? Hmm, I don't know. Middle aged, overweight, 46 year old guy trying to do vigorous exercise. Meat yeah. eater. Yeah, meat eater. Yeah beer yeah so i'm thinking to myself okay i fit the profile that's you know history of high blood pressure okay this is good now i'm trying to think do i have to get out of the passing lane do i have you to get do. over to the yeah, right be responsible how soon do i have to pull over how far in and then i was trying to starting to think like what are the other symptoms i don't feel nauseous i have not made in my pants i'm not sweaty right those are standard is things your, is there a heavy weight on your chest no not at all are you having trouble breathing no so I was like, okay, I'm probably maybe the seatbelt's a little tight on your shoulder. No, I'm probably okay. Yeah, but I was like, okay, I probably should be ready to disengage the driving aspect of this <laughs> medical event, right? Because the last sure. thing I want to do is hurt people. And then I'm then I started thinking like, well, I don't have a will. I gotta oh, get a will boy. going. Wow. No, so I went into a whole right. tailspin okay. about mortality and yeah. like I'm not ready. How deep into this um, mental morass? Did I go? Did you fall? Hold on. Until you realized, oh, I'm fine. How, how, what was the actual duration of that? Did you start your watch? No, at it's the about, <laughs> well, it was about 90 minutes ago. And as I'm talking about it, yeah. I'm, I feel pretty good now. No, no arm tingling? Not right this minute. So I'm thinking I'm okay. But what's really interesting about it was, I didn't think I was going to die. All I could think was, is this going to slow me down? <laughs> is this going to slow me down? Am I not going to be able to do the ultra in September? See, now you're validating my point. That's that's why I wanted to bring it up. And that's really why I was laughing. Like, how insane right. are we? Well, we're co completely out of our minds, yeah. which that makes it for entertaining podcasting. I guess so. But So I'm not trying to uh, undercut your concern and, and sort of where you are in your mind. Well, I think let me, just, to, just to put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. And a little context. Look, I didn't start running. I didn't run over three miles. I never ran a 5K mm. until I was 37 years old. You know this story. Mm -hmm. Recovering from knee surgery. That was nine years ago because you're 46 now. Yeah. And then I ran a bunch of 5Ks and I kind of got into running just as a, a good exercise and to keep me in, in shape where I hadn't been before. And... I started doing a half marathon a year, and then we got a couple of years ago into much longer distances and really thinking yeah. about it on a calendar kind of deal. Like, okay, how do I set races here to be benchmarks or um, uh, goals so that, and then you, tr you, you need to train for each of them and keep at a certain level of fitness. And I, in various parts over the last couple of years, have it's exciting. That's all it is. You know, I was like, wow, I'm exciting. I'm excited about this stuff. I am 
at an age where I'm only because only because I'm new to the sport am mm-hmm. I going to get faster? Right. Like I'm not going to beat really fast people, but I can continue to PR for a while sure. until my body starts to betray me just naturally. I know that's going to happen, but because my time in this sport is so recent, yeah. Um I can continue to beat my times only because I can diet better. I can uh, exercise better. I know how to race better. I know how to do all that stuff better. And there's and there's things I'm learning all the time. So getting this dumb hip deal and knowing that it's serious and knowing I'm going to be out, sort of like, well, I might not recover that well from it. And I was really just excited to do better and to, and to experience running in this new way. And I was feeling like, uh, that's that might not happen again. That's all, and that's valid. But, but I, I didn't. I didn't want to express that no. because it feels it's you know even saying it is dumb because there's probably people anybody in their fifties and sixties listening to that is like, hmm, shut up, twerp. Well, you've yes. got plenty of time. Yes, and I would also say that really on the other side of the surgery and the recovery, um, when you run and you run pain free. You're not going to care right away at the speed. And I can be like, tell you, this is going to be great. This last week, notwithstanding, I haven't truly run pain free now that I really think about it in a really long right. time. I so mean, it's been that hard. Will be, so that will be sort of the goal in of itself. Yeah. The, and then, you know, I think you won't have a difficult recovery. I think you'll be fine. I think you're going to enter it. And as long as you have the right mental uh, and emotional attitude toward it, It'll be a piece of cake. It'll take a little bit of time, and you've you've experienced. You're lucky in that you've had some surgery, so you do understand the trauma that the body goes through and the amount of time the body needs to really get to where it needs to be. Um, I've only sort of done that with my bunions on both feet, but I definitely was living with chronic pain for years and didn't realize it until after the surgery. I was and like, then, and you had pretty significant foot surgery. Uh, yes, I mean, they, and it's, and it's they the only way. Feet open. It's the only way I was able to do anything in the last three years. And what's amazing, all of that, which we've actually, ne- I don't think, ever talked about on the show. Those surgeries are all done before you ever started running again yeah, as an adult. Yeah, almost uh, t- uh, nine, ten years ago. Wow. Yeah, but I wouldn't have been able to no. start walking to work, do all those things. I was in such bad shape at the end of every single day. Yeah. To the degree that I wasn't even recognizing it. Because well, I was getting used to it. That's where I was. Yep. And it, it took until the pain was waking me up in the middle of the night every night for a week until I realized um, this, is a, this is a bad path to be on. I need to deal with this. So I'm going to tell you repeatedly over the next six months, you're going to be fine. <laughs> and thank you uh, and we'll have the listeners send cards and letters to you with folded up pieces of green and white paper from mommy and daddy's purse <laughs> well, that's not necessary to help pay your medical bills hopefully we'll be able to continue to create podcasts for all of our wonderful listeners all over the world well yeah we'll do it from the hospital I don't care oh do whatever you say Peter I'm supposed to remind you to do something what, what, what's I that? don't know what you're going to have for dinner tonight Oh, but I want to ensure that you think about having a salad. Salad. Is that the new? Uh, that's the new short version. Do we like the short version? That's the mini salad angel. Stand. I kind of like that. Um, I love it. I'm having a little bit of a salad at lunch because I'm having a falafel and there's salad jammed mm. up in there. 
Well, that's yeah. It's not but really there's the bread. There's a the, little bit. It's not no really meat. bread. It's not bread. What's breading? It's in a pita. It's in a, well, it's, it's like a wrap. Yeah. It's like a thin it, wrap. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And the falafel is what chickpea deep fried chickpea. Deep fried. Right? God yeah. bless the deep well, fried chickpea. There's not a lot of lettuce. All so right. it's not a salad. So have a little no. bit of salad. Fail. Salad fail. Brian, can I uh, confess something to you that I have not told you yet? I've been waiting now almost a week to tell you this. Are you going to confess to me that you've actually been a vegan this whole time and never told me? Yes, friend of the show, Caleb Daniloff, the only person to be on the show twice in full sit-down interviews, he was quick to point out. Uh, has made me rethink the whole... No, I'm not going to say any of that. That's not true. <laughs> I am actually being very mindful of how much meat I eat, and I'm definitely trying to cut way back. Uh, but the dairy and eggs thing, there's no end in sight. Sorry, guys. All the stuff you guys aren't eating, I will. Thank you. Yeah. No, I wanted to quickly confess something to you that ties into the arm pain I was experiencing while I was driving here. Oh, you've realized what it was. Yeah. Yes, it was not a heart attack. Well, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Starting uh, this past Monday, okay, which was the first official day of my training of mm-hmm. 16 weeks, I decided to do a little something inspired by the one and only Emily Saul. Emily Saul of the November Project. Friend of the show. Friend of the friend show. Friend of everyone. Friend of everyone. Co-leader of the Boston Tribe of the November Project, Emily Saul. Uh, she's a big fan of the push-ups, as you know. Oh, yeah. She's put me on a regime that I, I haven't even told you about yet. Excellent. Uh, well, I decided that what I would do is, on the first day of training, I would wake up at the crack of dawn, and before I do anything else, just flop out of bed and give a good 10 push-ups. You've explained your getting out of bed process to me many times. There's a lot of mental, there's a lot of physical. You're never sure really if you're going to get out of the bed and your legs will going to remain attached to your body. This is a big, this is a seismic shift. Yeah, this and this is, you know, before I uh, fully wake up, I, I really don't do anything else. I get up and I go do this. Okay. So I go, I hit the floor and I do 10. Fine. That was day one. Mm-hmm. Then day two, I did 11. Okay. And then day three, I did 12. And I've just, I've been adding one to the, to the run. How's that feeling? Well, I mean, I've done more push-ups in the last week than I have in my entire life. Okay. Um, I'll tell you how it feels. It feels good. Uh, Except when I'm driving, I thought I had a heart attack (laughs) because I had a little muscle twinge in my shoulder down to my uh, thing. You know, I just felt a little something. So I have had that where my forearms, both forearms get very, very tight in the middle because sometimes... Uh, I have to do all my push-ups at once yeah. or like in a very short amount of time rather yes. than what I should do is space them out. Yes. Um, but we'll we'll get into that. Oh, well, I'll tell you. You know, Emily Saul did famously, yes. anyway, Yes. Uh, 40,000 push-ups last in a, year. In a year, yeah. Yeah, last year, 40,000. And that was about 120. Um, per day. Per day, I, I don't. I don't know if she started at the beginning. Of the year but that or was not, an but average. She, yeah, some so, days she did more. Some so days, yeah. uh, I was having a conversation with her, and so I think this was in January, late January this year or February. I don't remember. And she challenged me to do that. And I said, "I no, that's crazy." She said, "How about how half? How about twenty thousand? And we did a quick calculation. That was sixty a day. Oh, that's still a ton. It is a ton. But I've I've kept up with it. That's excellent. Right now, actually, blah blah blah. I owe some because of the the shot. I didn't do any during my shot. I can tell you, if you don't do any on a day and you're doing this, 
60 becoming 120. No, thanks. That's a big change. You are no. very, very motivated yes. to get them done the yes. next day because once you get up past that, oif. Yeah. So, yeah, I've done 60 push-ups a day basically for the whole year. Um, That's intense. But I have to tell you, like, I could usually do 20 um, without any problem, but doing the 60 a day for the first, I would say, month, which is why I'm impressed with what you're doing, it was a challenge. Yeah. Because your body gets sore, you're you're doing that. You know, now I can whip them out in no time. It's more of a, like, do I have a space and am I remembering to do it? Right, right. Um, and it feels great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when you first get going, that first month, is it is a challenge. You're going to you're gonna feel soreness. I'm and, feeling a little soreness, but it feels good in a way because it reminds me that I did it. And it, the hardest day was actually day two, which sounds dumb. Like no, I did, not at all. I did 10 push-ups, and then the next day I tried 11 push-ups. But there was something about going that second day where it was like my body was like, hey, 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 what are you doing? But then the third day was good. Fourth day was good. Fifth yeah. day was good. Well, and you were smart in starting with a, a, really a very low number. number yeah, yeah, very low number. And all I can think of is, well, geez, I'm doing this for 16 weeks. Right. We'll see where I end. I mean, I could tell you the number, but I'm not going to. We'll yeah. see where I get to because I want to see what can I really do manageably. Yeah, there was something that uh, people said. I don't know. It was you know their friend was in the Marines or something like this, and mm. and January 1st you start with one. Yeah. And then you go through the year till the last day doing 365 push-ups yeah. that day. And I, you'd have to do the calculation, but that's a lot. That's a lot of push-ups. That's going to be a lot. And I haven't decided what my number break is going to be where I do them in reps. I mean, I guess maybe yeah. when I get up to about 25 or 30, I'll start doing them in sets of 10. I don't know. And take a quick break. I don't know. No, I do. Well, I do sets of 20. That's how I do it. But that's easy because I usually do morning, afternoon, and, and then evening, I'm, which is nothing. You think... Oh, yeah. Once you can do 20 push-ups, it's not a big deal. Right. But it's like everything, guys. It's getting it's the started. consistency. Yeah, it's getting there. And I feel it, certainly in my core strength, sure. there's a difference there. It feels great. Now, do you do it on rug or do you do it on hard floor? The other day, I did them at the Dulles airport on the on the carpet Yeah, because <laughs> I had to get them in before yeah. I got on the plane. And do you do them with and shoes on or anywhere. shoes off? Uh, it, everything. Because you got to get them in. So... Yeah. There's uh, I don't I can't roll out my little mat and get in the perfect uh, thing. So I've done them in wool slacks with mm -hmm. uh, um, shoes on. Mm -hmm. I've done them in shorts. I've done them in uh, my bathroom. I've done them in everywhere. Because I've only done them barefoot. Yeah, and it's a lot for my big toes. Because that's that's the only those are the only toes touching the ground. It's yeah, that's the way my feet are shaped. Well, try them with uh, sneakers on. I might have to See do if that. That gives you a little bit. Or stability, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting experiment. I'll keep you posted on all that. It's very interesting that you mentioned this only because yesterday I clicked on one of those, you know, Facebook, do this and your life will be improved. I clicked on it and it had to do with push-ups. Yeah. How this went into my feed, I have no idea. This yeah. is why, you know, you got to be got to be careful with this stuff. But it seemed like a legitimate thing. It's just a little tweak to your push-ups. This you would have to do usually with shoes on. Yeah. Start on your toes in the yes. push-up position as yes. you go down. Now, Tell me if this makes sense. You roll slightly your feet in onto the ball of your feet as you're down. Oh. No, it actually makes, in some ways, it makes them easier. And then as you rise, you rise in the ball of your feet up back up to your toes. I think I would have to do those in, show, in shoes. You, Yeah. I don't but, think I could do that. But perfect. I was finding that it actually incorporates your whole body more. I could see that. Yeah. So anyway, on to the next topic. Okay. Peter, we've talked so much about our injuries and phantom injuries. I can't think about it anymore. Then let's move on. Uh, do you know 
Are you aware? Are you up to speed on the fact that the day that we recorded this was a day in history for the November Project? Well, indeed it was. It was, I don't think the official tally is in, but I'm going to guess that it was the largest single workout by population of a November Project tribe. Well, wait a minute, because that's not at all what I'm talking about. What, oh, are, you, what are you talking about? Well, I it's Friday morning. I went to Summit Ave, and I was the only <laughs> person participating, and I believe it was the first time that only one person did an NP workout. So that's history. Well, that's probably true. Wait, what are you talking about? Because NP did start with two guys, so yeah, you, you were the most poorly attended yeah. NP workout ever. Yeah, I was really surprised because the weather was decent. There's just nobody there. Uh, yeah, we. it was the lone Friday ever that we will not be at Summit Ave. We were at the stadium. No, 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 stadium stadium's on Wednesdays, buddy. Normally. Yeah, no, that's every week. It doesn't change. Just once it changed. <laughs> oh, like today. The day that I went is the day they changed it. Can I tell you one funny story attached to that? And you can go on, on Facebook or whatever and corroborate this. Okay. It's great. I've told you about the wall man where you show up at 4.30 and you do this crazy race. Yes. Okay. One dude got the week wrong. This is a real story. This is a real story. This happened. And he showed up a week early. Yes. And he filmed himself with his phone at 4.25 in the morning at the top at the park at the top of Summit Ave. all going, so. yeah, I'm so ready for the wall man. And he's like jumping around and dancing and then he goes... Mm, a week early. That's amazing. <laughs> it was really good. He did it though. That's dedication. The, the week later, he showed up. No, he did it that day by himself. Is that a real story? He did the entire event by himself. All right, we're gonna have to put that in the show notes because he that's... might have to come on. We we should probably get him as a guest. And then he came the next week and actually competed with all of his friends. Well, that's excellent. But in all seriousness, I did not attend today, but you did, and you were part of the history making turnout. In the Harvard Stadium, how was the kickoff for the NP Summit Year 5? Well, it was amazing, uh, to tell you the truth. I mean, we knew it was going to be big. Uh, who knows how many people? 1,500 more, closer to 2,000. Somebody somebody will sit and count all the little faces in the group photo and figure that out. Um, I have to tell you, it was a great vibe. There were so many people from so many places. I had kind of thought, well, you know, a lot of people, obviously, in the Boston area will come out. Um, people who don't come out very often or, you know, or fair weather kind of people, they'll all be there. They'll get a couple of friends. They'll show up. Um, and then all the co-leaders will be representing, you know, if there's 41 tribes, then there's going to be at least 40 or 80 or 100 co-leaders that are going to be right, there, right? sure, sure. Well, that's not that many people. I mean, you add 100 to a typical workout, which has 500, 600 people. It's a big workout, but it's not record-breaking. No. So to have that many folks, and I saw, because a lot of people had shirts from where they were from, obviously. Um, I saw a lot of people from Milwaukee, a lot of people from D.C., a lot of people from San Francisco, a lot of people from New York, obviously. Um I would imagine Worcester came up. Uh, <laughs> Worcester came out. What about, uh, uh, is there a Rhode Island? There's got to be a tribe in Rhode Island. I don't think there is. I don't know if there's a Providence tribe or not. I don't think so. They announced two new tribes, uh, Malaysia 
stop it. Yeah, I don't know where. Maybe Kuala Lumpur. I don't know. Sure, sure. But Malaysia and Buffalo, New York. Si- hey, now hey. sister cities. Now officially sister cities. No, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. been in the works for a long, long time. So, so it's up to 43 tribes. Um, Portland, Oregon just came online recently. Wow. And I forget somebody else. So it, it's, it, was, exci- it was just a great vibe. And... Um, People got their work in. I did not. I just had my cortisone shot. So I, I came with video and photo taking equipment to ensure that I didn't do any more walking or climbing than I should have. Uh, what I really wound up doing was installing myself at the top of one of the sections Yo. and just slapping high fives. And That's awesome. People were getting into it, and I was smiling. And anytime I saw a tag from a different city, I'd be like, hey, Milwaukee, welcome to Boston. And people would see me and like look up and smile and be like, yeah, it was fun. It was really good. It was great to, to give some of the motivation that I take so readily when I'm doing that workout. But it was, it was a lot of fun. And it's a thing. If you, have, uh, if you have an opportunity to go to one of these workouts, it really is a special, uh, a special thing that they're doing. And you don't have to be a super athlete. I think that's one of the things that... Uh, well, I can attest to that. <laughs> Well, I can attest to it too. You know, I compete on my own level, but I mean, there's people doing all of these workouts twice as fast as I can. Literally twice as fast. Some three times as fast. <laughs> a handful. I mean, well, that's you don't true. Have, you, don't, you don't have to... I'm not trying to rub it in, man. You don't have to dig it, you know, crush me under your heel also. Three times as fast, and I know that because I'm three times slower than you, Right. so for me, it's a factor of six. Well, <laughs> They're also much prettier than I am. So there's, well, they are, there's they're a lot. A lot of them are younger than you. This is true. I'm going to say, you know, this is a blanket statement, and I could be wrong. I wasn't there. I've only seen the photos. Yeah. Would you say the majority of people are younger than you? Well, sure. No, I think but that's I a would fair say the the. I who knows? I would say the average age skews thirty and over, though. Yeah, I would say that's right. I would say the average age is probably thirty-two. Which I'm not sure because I don't really do other types of big group workout kind of things. I'm guessing that that's a little older than a lot of classes. I would say yes, um, although, as we've seen, like there's not much like November Project. I mean, that's Yeah, very, because you really are welcome at any age that's right. any skill. It's, any level, it's that's right. It's really astonishing. And the fact that the workouts end after 40 minutes or 50 minutes, depending on whatever it is, you're going to get a good workout in no matter what you can do, no matter what your ability uh, it's really good. I will tell you this. Um, if you want to get a feeling for what the morning was like, uh, you can go on the Facebook. It's probably on YouTube as well. And look up Dooster Films, D-O-O-S-T-E-R. Oh, they made the film about. And November they made Project. a little one-minute sort of hype video about this morning. They've already put it together just a few hours later. And it's, oh, yeah. it's really great. There's no, you know, there's no words or anything. It's just... Uh, images and it looks cool they used a drone to get up over harvard stadium so you can sort of see everything that's happening and it's it's cool it makes you want to go it's intensely motivating i was there and i want to go there now and go do some stadiums well i'll be honest with you Uh, if i had seen that video if i had jumped in time and saw that video before going to bed last night and if brogan and boyan hadn't called me and said please don't come I think I would have been there there, if there wasn't an actual campaign yeah there was an active campaign to make sure I don't show up to ruin anything. Um, yeah, they don't They don't want me at the big events. And that's cool, and that's cool. It's not like a legal thing or anything. It's just, it's fine. Just, we'd prefer you not to be there. It'd be much better. If that's that, not true That's at not all. true at all, and it was only because I was a little lazy this morning. I gotta be honest with you, 
and I think some people out there will hear this. I'm an extroverted person, Brian. Do you know that about me? Yes. I uh, I like people. I like putting it out there. You do. You are a bit of a um, a showman. Except when I'm not, and when I'm not, I really go low energy. Right. And the last few days have been a little bit like that. So I didn't feel I could muster it. Believe it or not, it was it was a real thing. I, I don't know if it's partially because I'm starting training or, or what it was, but I, I would I did not feel social in the least. And I had to listen to that because it happens so rarely, in all honesty. So I was like, I'm just going to follow this for today. Well, that's fine. I definitely want to start adding in some stadium. I, I got to do a full tour. I got to yeah. I got to know that I can do that. That's true. So that's gonna you're gonna see. A little something come from come from me. Well, and it really can replace a not a workout. It can certainly replace a, a weight, you know, weight a, session, a weight yeah. session or something like that. Can't really replace mileage. No, but I have to say, both cardiovascularly and strength wise, it is so worth it because well, it's low impact. I was going to say know. I would never go fast. That's not how I right. would. And I do have that little bit of vertigo coming down, to be quite honest. I really do. So if you're going slow, it's low impact. But, I mean, imagine adding hundreds and hundreds of lunges to your regular weekly routine. That's essentially what you're doing. I mean, that's good. That doesn't... Yeah, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So we'll look at that in the future. So now... And this was also your daughter's first time going, was that right? Yeah, my younger daughter had been to a couple. And uh, Kate... Uh, came out to this one. She was very excited about it. And the artist in residence? Yep. They they marched the steps together. Um, they did really well. And it's I did not. It's a family affair. <laughs> uh, there were other kiddos there. There were a few dogs there. You know, it was fun. Could um, I bring my cat? Sure. There is actually a guy who has brought a cat. Um my friend Joev has there is photo evidence of him wearing a backpack cat container, which I didn't even know existed. Hold on. Yeah. Slow that down. Yeah. Rewind it and say it again. Okay. It's a backpack. It's a backpack fully contained with mesh sides that can transport an animal. A cat. Specifically yeah. a cat or a small I don't dog? think you'd put something else in there. Like I guess f- you could put a small dog in there, sure. Maybe a ferret? Ew, no. What? Why judgy? Why the judge face? Well, because, going a little off topic now that you mentioned ferrets, have you watched these videos with the ferret leggings? Do you know what this is? I don't know what that is. I think is. that's what it's called. I don't know what that is. There's a sport, I think it happens in Scotland, maybe it's it's in England, I'm not sure. Are you making this up right now? I'm not. Okay. In which yeah. the community gathers yes. and voluntarily yes. the competitors yes. tie the bottom of their pants uh, in a knot no. at their ankles. No, stop right here. So stop. they take their pants. No. I, don't, I do not want to and propagate they, they this. They tie a, a knot no, around sir. their ankles so that, no. it's, so that it is a, a seal around their ankles. It's like a sealed off sleeve of a of They a then take leg. two of your ferrets. They're not mine, but they're the world's ferrets. They put them down their pants, and they tighten their belt, and then the, they see how long they can last with two ferrets running around in their pants. This isn't a real thing. It's it a is, totally it's, real it's thing. Completely... I've watched the competition. I've watched it on uh, in, on the internet because someone turned me on to it. It is disturbing to watch. Completely cruel to the animals. Uh, well, not only that, 
the other disturbing part about it, Peter, is it's not unlike the Shirley Jackson uh, short story, The Lottery, which many of us read in high school English class, in which there seems to be this town's uh, sort of lottery, blah, blah, blah. In, in the end, it's a, it's a sacrifice by stoning. So, a la The Hunger Games. That's not nice. Well, no, but it was very shocking. I think she wrote, this was you know probably in the 50s or 40s that it came out. Okay. Uh, anyway, this is what it reminded me of, because you're like at a town fair... And all of a sudden... In a little grass field, and, and people of all ages from the village have come out, and then these guys are putting uh, ferrets down their pants. Ferrets are basically a weasel. Yeah, that moves really fast and has claws and little teeth. Yeah, and I don't think they like being in a closed space and having two of them. Pretty sure it's it's all of those things. And it's all awful. Yeah. How is this like the thing I said? All right, let me rewind. Oh, because... Because you said a ferret carrier. I said, no, no I, I think you probably ferret, just want a cat. Could it take a ferret? Only because ferrets tend to be another domesticated animal that people have at home. Yes. So all I'm going to say is that uh, at least once uh, I've witnessed Joev with his cat in the cat carrier doing the stadiums. I mean, it's a nice outing for the cat. Fresh air. A uh, lot of lot going on. There's a lot to watch. That is a lot. And you don't have to do any work. And it can't be that much weight to carry any weight's enough weight any weight any extra weight is a lot tell me about it (laughs) Clyde Army Brian hold on can I just read a text that I've just received from this this just came in over the HWRT wire from Pam Rickard Pam Rickard just wrote to you while we were recording the show and you you were on here loved having you guys yakking in my head as I ran today feedback in three parts Peter okay one, Caleb, do not listen to those guys about Millinocket. Bad, bad, negative peer pressure. Do the full. It's a dream race. I love it that she's saying the, the peer pressure, the negative peer pressure is dropped down to the half. That's amazing. Seriously, right? That's awesome. Yeah, don't, don't drive four billion light years away to a freezing cold race to do a half. Do the whole Stay thing. With the, okay. Stay with, 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 the, with the, what you said you were going to do. Two. Yeah. Peter... Uh-oh. Go meatless until just after Vermont. Just meatless. Cheese is not a meat. Do it. Drop a verbal now. Wow. She that was that's deep. Um I'll have more to say about that in a future episode. Three. Not one PR name drop? Seriously? What does that mean? Not even a veiled reference? I don't know what that means. PR, not personal record. Pam Rickard. <laughs> Didn't we mention her? We did not. You know, on the heels of that communication from Pam Rickard, it might be a good time for us to communicate with our audience and let them know that we're sliding into our summer schedule. That's true. It's finally warm and it's starting to feel like summer. And uh, each of us have uh, multiple travel plans and family responsibilities. uh, And the way we think it's going to go. Oh, enlighten me. Well, keep me honest here, Brian. But I think what we're going to start doing for the next... Ooh, 10 weeks or so is every other week a brand new show. And in between, we might be bringing back the Summer Rewind series. Is that right? I'm so excited. Oh, I want a new show every week. I'm so excited I get to take a vacation. That That's how I feel is, about it. Is that it. how you feel about it or is that how the audience feels about it? Well, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing too. And what we're going to do is on the uh, off weeks... We will be presenting uh, one of the great shows from the HWRT archives. But you know what? We'll probably record new intros. That's my guess. Because we're going to have to keep up to date with some things. Of course we will. Of course we are. 
We'll be back with every other week with a new show. And then we'll be back full-time in September. Yeah, man. It's going to fly by. It's going to go by in a, in a blink. We're going to get cards and letters. I can feel it. I don't know. I think this is the right thing to do. Pam Rickard wants me to go meatless. Yeah. She might not be wrong. I'm not keep, saying. I'm not going to say it. Keep me updated, but only do it every other week. I can do that. Hey. hey. This has been episode 83 of How Was Your Run Today with Peter Villa and Brian Gould. Music by Jeff Cronenberg. Anna Brooks is our social media guru. Andrea Bonnie Gould is our artist in residence. Listen to us every week wherever you collect podcasts. Brian keeps several of his in his trousers while an entire Scottish village looks on. But whenever you visit that special podcast place, please give us a rating and a comment. Every single one of those makes a difference in how this little here show is ranked. Join us every Saturday on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram with your Sat Stat Chats. Tell us where you ran, how the weather was, and include a sweet, sweet photo. Fulfill all of your HWRT shopping needs at our Red Bubble store. And if you love HWRT, please share our posts on social media. It's free, and it's easier than listening to two midlife crises happening at the same time. You know, I have a theory about that. It's because our episodes are now in the 80s, and I feel like we're in our 80s. Hi. I miss the 80s. (laughs) For everything else, please go to hwyrt.com. Hey, Brian. Hey, Peter. Please don't run just yet. Save it for a 10K that you know is coming. I will probably be walking that 10K, but that's okay. Goodbye. What What just happened? George George Woodward. Woodward. It would have been so much better if we would have recorded that whole thing.